to the Cultivate and Keep podcast. I'm Welcome, Corey. Welcome, everyone, and I'm Jeremy. Uh, glad we're back on, and I uh, hope you guys are doing well. We're going to take this uh, episode to talk about our testimonies, but also we're going to do a little kind of visioneering, talk about our goals. We haven't really talked about where we want to be in um, years down the road. So, um, so yeah, want to just jump in? Yeah. Let's do it. So I think I'll be the one that starts. Um, Get it. Yeah, I'm ready, I think. <laughs> um, all right, so... Um, well, wait, wait, wait. Before we talk about our actual testimonies, why don't we talk about what our testimony yeah. actually is? So, I mean, we I feel like this is one of those, like, like Christianese terms, you know what I mean? Like, oh, what's your testimony? And then it's kind of like, well, I was 12, and I received God in my heart, <laughs> and everything's been handy dandy since then it's like okay well that's that nice. sums up my testimony Th- pretty much okay cool mm-hmm. then we can just skip to me mine's pretty cool actually actually it's not it's pretty much the same <laughs> but not real actually but uh but when we talk about a testimony um i think in most terms you know we're talking about the the story of how you came to the lord and i would like to s- expand that to how you came to the lord and since you came to the lord because your testimony mm-hmm. doesn't end when you receive God into your heart. That's sort of the beginning of your journey with God. Um, so we're talking about uh, all that stuff. But we're going to go over our background, um, you know, the hardship we've been through, God's calling to us, how our lives have changed. Um, and so, you know, it, I just wanted to point out, it's not just about how you came to God. It's also about what God's done with yeah. you since then. And I, especially if you are someone that you grew up in a Christian family and um, you know, your testimony started when you were younger, uh, you know, you've known, known the Lord for a long time. Then I think specifically like, uh, the way you described the testimony really applies to that. Just yeah. kind of your life since knowing God and how you've continued to grow and, and change. Yeah. Well, and that's also another thing. Like I remember feeling when I was like, you know, 12, 13, 14, even 15, 16, like I don't have a testimony mm-hmm. when that's not true because your testimony is how you know the Lord and how you've come to know the Lord, regardless of, you don't need to like have murdered three people and gone to jail for 15 years. And you know, a light struck you in the middle of the road, like it did to Paul, like your testimony is your story. It's unique to you and mm-hmm. you never don't have a testimony. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll hit it. All right. Let's hear it. So, um, I was born uh, in San Diego and when I was one years old, uh, my family moved to Oregon and uh, I should say I was born into a pretty big family. So there's five kids and I'm the youngest, um, the best one, but <laughs> the youngest one. The most spoiled. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, I'm self-made, dude. Everything so I have is me. That's right. It's all you. Uh, just kidding. Um, so when I was one, we moved to Oregon and I grew up there and I lived um, in Oregon all the way until I turned, I think I was nine um, when we moved back. And so I grew up in like not like a farm town, but like a really small, like country like town. What's it called? Town. Cottage Grove. Cottage Grove. CG, CG, that's right. Yeah, from the trap, the come up. That's right. The come up. Um, the ghetto. So, like, for me, growing up was really different than I think most people that grew up, like, in San Diego or a big city. Mm. I mean, when I was, I think, like, seven, I remember, like, riding my bike across town to a friend's house. Like, that was, like, a normal thing that I just did. Um, you and, know, and by across town, you mean across the street? No, it was a it was a huge town, dude. Oh, <laughs> so big. Uh, so it had ten thousand people, which is really small. Um, so like El Cajon right now, I think has I think it's like a hundred thousand, maybe two hundred thousand people. Yeah, and that's just like the armpit of San Diego. Yeah, so ten thousand is tiny. Uh, we had two stoplights. Uh, our bowling alley had four lanes in it, 
<laughs> to give you an idea of like how incredibly small it was. I didn't I didn't know that you could measure a city by the number of bowling lanes that it has. I just think that's important to point out. Like okay. four lanes, that is tiny. That's true. That's really small. Parkway Bowl has like 65 lanes plus another wow. like 16, like a separate room. So it was like crazy how. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, it was a small town and that's kind of what I grew up in. Um was born into a really good family. Um, both of my parents, uh, you know, loved the Lord, and uh, they they got saved in their early twenties. When I, soon after they got married, um, but when I was born, I was born when my dad was forty. So, you know, they had mm. been living a Christian life for you know two decades. Yeah. And so I was, um, you know, brought up in a good family, small town, and um, <clears throat> my dad owned a landscaping business and still owns to this day. Um, but he owned a company that he started. Um, when we lived in San Diego and so his dream was to always move to a small town and um, his dream was to have a business that didn't tie him to the to the day to day and he just simply wanted to kind of come and go as he pleased and so Mm. um, we started the business it was doing it was doing well and so we moved to Oregon and um, after about eight or nine years of living there a few things started happening so um, first was uh, our uh, our uh, oldest kid Joanna she was just graduating high school and she was ready to move back to San Diego. She didn't like the small mm. town. Uh, my other sister, Jen- Jenny, was just behind her two years younger, and she was already making plans to move up to Seattle. Um, and also with that, they they didn't do well in high school. They kind of rebelled and just they weren't following the Lord. And you can't blame that all in Oregon, a small town, but... Um, I think a big part of it was there was simply nothing to do there. And so, you know, there was no future. And then even the present wasn't that great. And so um, there's that, like a personal family side. And plus my dad's business wasn't doing that great. And so it needed his attention because Mm. what was happening is um, when we first moved, he would fly back to San Diego uh, once a month. And he would stay for about four or five days. And then that was it. Mm. And then the rest of the time he would kind of work from Oregon, but not really. And just kind of, it kind of ran on its own. Um, the last year we lived there, he would fly to San Diego Monday mornings, the first flight. I still remember I used to go with him, with my mom to drop him off at the airport. Um, we would, uh, he took the flight that I think left at 5 a.m. is when it left Monday morning. Jeez. And then he got home Friday night at midnight was like the schedule. And wow. so he was gone all week long and was basically home like a day and a half or two days on the weekend. That was it. Yeah. Did that for about a year. And so with that going on and the family stuff, we moved back. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of my life that I remember, like really starting in fourth grade um, when I moved back here. That's kind of what I remember. So at that time, I remember um, <laughs> going So my, my, my old school in Oregon, I should say. Um, it was kindergarten through 12th grade. And I think there was maybe 100 kids, like if that. Um, we're, we were all in one big room. And so I came from this Wait, like K through 12 was all in one room. Yeah. What? Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, you were all learning the same thing. There was a huge room that had like a big sliding dividing wall. And so on oh. one half of that was, I think K through probably eighth. And then the other half of the wall was like, um, high school. But I mean, it was, wow. it was still like a, it was small. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> I remember, uh, we moved back to San Diego and I remember, remember my first day at school I remember my dad took me and I remember like crying as a little boy like not wanting to go because there was like 200 kids <laughs> and it was like an elementary school and I remember being so like overwhelmed by how big it was that's double right and uh and then after like a day or two I like loved it and it was great yeah um and so anyway that was like my younger um younger years as a kid um 
it's fun to know, but nothing, you know, there's no meat there. Nothing really happened when I was young. Yeah. Um, I would say my life, my testimony parts I'd want to share would be, um, so in sixth grade, um, bef- up until that point in my life, I was really outgoing. Like I loved people, loved to be out, loved doing like the adventurous thing, like loved just everything like fun and not normal. I liked. Yeah. And I don't know if you even know this about me, but when I was in sixth grade, I like hit this point in my life of becoming extremely fearful and huh. um, full of anxiety and just being afraid. Like I, I didn't want to do anything when I was, when I hit sixth grade, it was the weirdest thing. Like I, um, before that point, like always at friend's house and out doing stuff. And when sixth grade came, I became this shy, quiet, fearful, like little boy. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. And there were things that I kind of contributed to that, but it kind of just came out of nowhere. And, um, that was a huge struggle for me. It was all the way, I would say sixth grade to like at middle of middle to end of seventh grade. Hmm. And it really, really hindered my life. And it, w- it was silly. I mean, even stuff like just going to your friend's house, I didn't want to do like little yeah. stuff. And, uh, okay. Well, do you, do you think that anything, any of that had anything to do with puberty? Like just, just curious. Not so like, originally, not yes, uh, no, but, so at first, yes, um, but the more and more I dove into it, um, and I, I would today I would talk about it as being um, I think it was like a spiritual hmm. like stronghold in my life. I think it was yeah. a, a fear like faint in my heart. Um, John Yoa, who was my mentor at the time and to this day, you know, still is a person of influence. Um, he played a really big part in walking me through that and helping me hmm. um, find freedom and just working through that fear that I had. Um, and so that I I mentioned that because it's. Actually, that has come up in my life many times, even within the last six months, it's come up. And so mm. I'll share about that, but I wanted to mention it now. Yeah. Um, and so there was that. And I would say, you know, my walk with the Lord really, um, from a young age, I had a hunger for God. At a young age, I simply just wanted to know God. Uh, I remember my first encounter with him was at a sixth grade, I'm sorry, a fifth grade camp um, with Foothills. I remember it was with uh, Ryan Dealing, <laughs> and we were at like a worship session, and we were... Um, we were sitting there praying and he had a vision for me and he shared it with me and I can't explain it, but I just, I felt the warmth and the presence of God at, as a little boy in fifth grade. And to this day, I still remember that as being one of the strongest, uh, encounters I've had with God. Hmm. Um, and then I would say again, probably in like eighth grade was when my walk with the Lord became more tangible, more real. Um, I, uh, probably from like eighth grade to my, to now in my life, I've had a pretty consistent, almost daily um just you know ongoing uh relationship with god and just reading the word and praying it it started before high school and it's kind of always continued so i've had times of it being you know weaker but it's been pretty consistent from that age and um and yeah i mean i just from a young age i I feel like i've had a hunger for god and wanted to know him um and i would say i'm trying to think like the next i would say the probably the next up until this point in my life, like the biggest change in my like course of my life and like knowing the Lord would be when I was a freshman. So I was a really talented basketball player. <laughs> for those who don't know, all five, promising dude, five, five, eight, five star. I'm, uh, I'm a few shades recruit. too, too light. Let's be honest. I'm, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm not anyway, but, uh, I, the, the talent's not there. Let's so, just be honest. It but, has nothing to do with, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not good, but uh, I had a jumper back in the day. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. You had a good stroke. And I got bunnies for a little guy. Yeah, yeah and you did until your knees blew up. That's true. I got bad knees. Yeah. 
So when I proposed to Connie, my fiance, did yeah. I tell you this or no? Mm, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When, so okay. when I went to get down on one knee, <laughs> so when I went to propose again, one knee, like it's like a you know like a serious intimate moment, right? Yeah. And I'm getting down on one knee, and my left knee just like gives out, <laughs> it pops, and I just like fall to the ground, <laughs> completely like tripped, <laughs> and she just starts like bawling, laughing, and we're just like, oh my god, it was mm, really funny. That's amazing. I had to share that. Um, moment to remember. Yeah. So back on track. I hope that she brings that up at some point. I hope that she like uses that against you. She probably will. I hope so. Um, when we have them on here, I yeah, hope that she brings it up for sure. Um, let's see here. So, um, okay. So freshman year, um, so I was playing basketball and oh, yeah. the school that I went to, we had a really good team. Um, I didn't play a lot, but I was still, <laughs> I was still on the team. Um, but like until that point in my life, I had always played basketball. And so what that looked like was, um, when I wasn't, you know, in the school year, it meant, you know, you play on travel teams, club teams, you, you know, you're working out, you're, you're just investing time to get better. And so that's what I was doing. Again, I was never like a great player, but I still did the work that it takes to be a part of a team like yeah. that. And so freshman year, I was on this really good team um, that went to, you know, like, uh, the state, state um, playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, we advanced pretty far. And so I was a part of that, even though I wasn't playing, I was still, um, it took up my life basically, and I remember um, when I was a freshman. At the end of that year, um, we had like three pretty, pretty good seniors, um, uh, and they were all graduating. So it meant the next year I was gonna have opportunity to at least get some playing time, right? To be yeah, more part the of the team. Yeah, um, probably wasn't gonna happen, but <laughs> I, I was. I hoped it would happen. Yeah. Um, and my dad uh, really like loves basketball, so yeah. he really wanted me to play on the team. And so I remember at the end of freshman year, simply just feeling like a stern in my heart um, that the Lord was like urging me to consider like, walking away from that hmm. and instead being getting involved with ministry. And um, like when we were in high school, that was kind of like the thing to do. Like a lot of dudes that I really like liked and respected were pretty involved in ministry. Like, I remember the phrase was, oh, I don't play sports. I'm in full-time ministry. That's like the common yeah, thing yeah. everyone Even said. We were in high school. It's yeah. Like kind of silly. And I remember thinking like, those guys are stupid. I'm never <laughs> going to do that. And at the end of freshman year, I felt like really like a strong like sense that I needed to do that. And I remember it started for like, a few reasons. Like one was I wanted to be involved in leadership. I wanted to do that, but also I wanted to be on a worship team and I didn't play an mm, instrument and right. I didn't play anything, but I always loved the drums when I was younger. Like I always yeah. never played, but like I would hear a song and I would just start like, you know, patting my hands huh. or I would hop behind a drum set and I could play a few beats and it was just like natural. And so I wanted to do that. And at the time there was a need for drummers at our church. I That's remember right. specifically we, we were short. And so I remember feeling like, okay, yeah. I'm going to do this. And so I remember, um, talking to my dad and kind of telling him and i remember him like being seriously like disappointed and like and sad and i have a good dad he wasn't like oh you suck son for doing yeah. ministry but right, right, right. it was i still felt that like pressure he wanted me to play i was in a sense letting him down yeah and um i remember like deciding okay like lord i'm going to do this i'm going to it sounds small and little um but for me it was big like giving up a sport that i loved and yeah. that i put years into to kind of branch out into ministry and the common advice I got from my dad and many like him would say, you know, you have your whole life for ministry. You only have a four year window um, to do sports. And yeah. so I was choosing to not do that. And so, you know, you, you fast. So a few, few things I want to share with that first was, um, so when I decided I was going to 
do the, those ministries. I, you know, right away started, you know, leadership and joining some small groups. But the second thing was uh, drums. And so mm-hmm. uh, I remember I really, really wanted to learn, but my dad wouldn't let me have a drum set at the house because it was too loud. Oh, yeah. And so I, at the time, lived... That tiny little pad. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> at the time, lived near um, a family friend of ours that they had a drum kit and they lived about, it was like a two to three minute walk from my house. And so what I used to right do down was... Street, right yeah. down the street. And so what I used to do was, um, and so they had a drum set in their garage with no, there was no Wi-Fi out there. So what I would mm-hmm. do is at my house, I would go on YouTube and just look up like random drum tutorial videos and like lessons. Yeah. I would watch them and then I would run to their house and try to remember what I've just heard and try to play it. <laughs> That's what I did. Um, That's crazy. Between that, between uh, just like listening to songs and then like just playing along and then any chance I had, like I would invite friends over that play guitar and just say, Hey, play for me. Let me just try to jam with you. Like yeah. that, that's how I learned. Well, you know, it's funny. I remember, um, you remember that. I remember it was like sort of that, uh, I think it was like the beginning of summer mm-hmm. after our freshman year and I was just getting plugged in and we were kind of just becoming friends. Yeah. But I remember being at Spencer's house at their old house and in, the, in the garage jamming out. Yeah. And, um, I think that I got there and you were already there and you were playing drums mm-hmm. and I was like, dang, like that's pretty good. And you were like, yeah, like I think I'm going to get back into it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like thinking in my head, like, oh, he's not going to yeah, get back into it. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you were good, but it was just like kind of like a really casual thing yeah. that you said. And I was like, he's probably not going to go through with it. Yeah. But then. So that was August. So I remember specifically yeah. like August, like I remember the day, I think it was like August 9th is when I like decided I was going to start playing. Yeah. I don't know why. I remember that day. And so, um, yeah, I started doing that. And um, after about a month of doing that, I think my dad saw my, like, commitment to it. And so he's like, you know what? You can have the kit here. And so I brought it mm-hmm. over. And from that point on, and three months later, I ad- auditioned and made the worship team at the yeah. church. And I started playing. That's and pretty crazy. crazy how fast it was. And I honestly tell people, like, I do th- – I, oh, I know I had an, I have and had, like, a natural talent. But I really yeah. do think it was simply just the Lord, like, anointing. Mm-hmm. This is weird. I used to pray over my drum set. I remember that. Really? It was in my room. Yep. I would lay hands on it and I would, and wow. I, and I would circle it. I would walk in circles around it and pray. It was weird. Like I really felt a weight that I, I really needed to do, to do this. How huh. I felt. And I did not learn the drums f- for the purpose of like sounding cool and being like in a band. Like yeah, I yeah. simply wanted to do worship. And even to this day, like I'm, I think I'm good. Like I know how to play, but I, yeah, I've really never good. like advanced and gotten crazy. Like I just play simple and I try it's to play with passion. Worship, yeah. Really. That's literally how yeah. I play to this day and it's because i just felt so strongly like that it was a calling in in me hmm. and so there's there's that part of the ministry and then just um nothing crazy with like leadership in small groups but um i i just simply felt fulfilled and i loved um like the ministry that i did and so that's kind of that story and fast forward oh, sorry i had to burp excuse you <laughs> disgusting i hope i hope no one heard that i hope they didn't <laughs> <clears throat> Um, so fast forward senior year of high school and I remember it was like near the last, it was our last semester and it was probably in like, let's say like April or May maybe. And I remember, um, driving to small group on a Thursday night and I was in the Chevy prism on Washington <laughs> dude. street. Oh, I forgot that about the, the prism. Way, oh. And, uh, so I remember driving in my car and I was, um, windows down, sun was like going down. It was you know beautiful night. And just driving, listening to worship music, and just thinking about my life. And I'm, I had this moment of, of like thinking, like literally in my life to this day is everything that I envisioned and wanted when I was a freshman. Is hmm. everything that I envisioned and wanted and more. Yeah. And it was like such like a just like a warm like fulfilling just satisfying moment of my life. 
um, that like I broke down in tears. Like his films, like so overwhelmed. Huh. Like wow, this is exactly what I wanted. Yeah, it's more than that. And I remember thinking, like God, I'm so happy that I chose to do pursue these ministries. And um, I mean, like at that point in my life, like my life was literally like ministry. I would go to school, yeah, hang out with friends, and everything I did was like worship. I was like in a band at that point, and we were just recording like a new album. Like it was then at my church. Like I was always playing. Like everything that I was doing was like music and leadership, and it was just great. And so um, it was a cool time. Yeah. And um, so that was when I was 18. I'm almost 24 now, and you know. I still play uh, drums every. I play every other Sunday at church. I play on every other Thursday night for the college group, um, age people, and I'm still involved with uh, leadership and small groups. And um, I lead a I lead a freshman group of high school boys, and that's fun. And so and you've led one small group before then. No, well, I, two. Uh, I led our high school small group. We led. Together. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then I've yeah I've led two yeah. other groups. Yes. Two others. Yeah. What. When we were in high school, I led we I led hours with you, and then I also led another group, Miles Kiefer, oh, yeah, yeah, all, those, yeah. all those boys, and then um yeah now I do another one. Oh and okay now this is the this the is second the second yeah I'm sorry this one. is the second yeah yeah group. that you're an adult leader of yeah. yeah 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 so um and yeah I mean so that you know and I think of my life the last like four years like so since high school and I'm trying to think what stands out and I, I think what I would say is like. My testimony, I want to say it kind of went like dormant, but it was just kind of like just grinding, like doing what I was supposed to do. Like that was kind of it. A lot and of investment. Yeah. And I feel like the last like six months and to a year, like there's been so much going on. Yeah. Um, that if I have time, I'll share it quickly, I guess. No, go for it. Okay, I was going to well. say it like that's actually a really good point to share in maybe the next, I don't know how we'll order it, but the next episode that we're going to record on like what it means to cultivate and keep is like you've been sowing so much into your into your life the last four years that it seems like nothing has happened, but now everything's coming into fruition. Yeah. So I guess I'll share the last four years in like a, like a minute and yeah. then I'll share what's going on now. So when I graduated high school, um, graduated on a Friday, th- uh, that Monday I started working full time for the family business. And you had already been working part time yeah. for like two years, right? So yeah. So I started like working year. when I was a, um, a sophomore in high school on my summer. So yeah. that's when I started working. Uh, for sophomore? My, yeah. Oh for my, my dad's gosh. landscaping company, working on a route with the guys, wearing boots. Oh. It sucks. Corey actually worked a few days. I worked so one weekend. I think I worked a Friday and a Saturday. And then he quit. And I was out. But he, it was, yeah. He that was it. literally <laughs> the most exhausted I've ever been in my entire life. That's funny. I w- okay. Well, you can continue. No, I want you to jump in. I was going to say, like, I have so much respect for you just for the work that you did <laughs> at Le Bon's because... Yeah. I mean, think about thinking back on it now. So I didn't get my first like real job till after high school, mm-hmm. but thinking about working summers or even just working during the school year and doing landscaping, mm-hmm. waking up at, what was it like five o'clock yeah, five. and then you're off at like three, but like that's just, it sucked. It sucks. <laughs> For yeah, 10 bucks an hour. No, I start, I start at eight twenty five. with yeah. my starting pay. And, and that's not like under the table either. Yeah. So you're literally making chump change. Mm-hmm. For no reason other than it's your dad's business. And so I had to learn. I had to learn. And you have to learn the business. respect, basically. Yeah. Like, it's not really even about <laughs> the money at all. No, not at all. And it wasn't like you were required to get a job. It's like you're required to work in the business. Mm-hmm. And, not, and again, not like your dad was this tyrant, but it was like, hey, if you want to learn the business, then this is what you need yeah. to do. So for from a young age, I ha- had planned and wanted to... Um, like eventually take over his his company and like you know 
work my way up. And so for him, he was like, he's, he was all for that, but he wanted me to start at the bo- from the bottom and work my yeah. way up. So um, sophomore year I started, and then I uh, did a sophomore, junior, and senior year. Um, did that, and then also I should add uh, my senior year of high school. Um, <clears throat> I um, painted my dad's house, and oh, I, yeah. I did that throughout the school year. And That's so, right. like, anytime I had, time. I would, like after school, I would paint. I uh, early mornings, like before school, sometimes. I mean, anytime I had, I would paint. Yeah, I tracked. I think it took me like 190 hours. Yeah. I, I tracked my pay or my hours. And that's a lot. Like if you were that's working full time, that's basically like a. It took me about a year to do. It was a long time. Yeah, that's like six weeks of full time mm-hmm. work. Yeah. Just in the middle of the school year. Yeah, so I did that, and I, I always, I still do, but I always, I love to work from a young age. I like liked to work. I like to be busy. It was like what I wanted yeah. to do. And so, um, anyway, I graduated high school for, on a Friday. Monday started full time. Oh yeah. And I worked in the field with the guys on the route for about nine months straight after I graduated. And then I spent about four or five months in the office, kind of learning a little bit, and then I moved into. Uh, account management and sales and I did that for about four and a half years and I actually just stopped um, about six months ago yeah which is crazy but um, so up until that point you know I thought this is what I wanted to do and um, I would say over the last year year and a half I I knew I wanted more I knew like okay I don't I don't want to work for someone I want to do my own thing knew that Um, and then I obviously knew I didn't like landscaping Um, you know I was always doing it because like the business side of it but just kind of realized, like, even though this is the family business and that one day I could probably run it, I, I kind of realized, like, this is still not going to feed what I really want. I want something a bit yeah. more entrepreneurial, a bit more that's kind of just mine, I guess, um, which is not bad. That's kind of what I what, what's in me naturally. Right. And so, um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I'm starting now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like my working testimony. Um, I was going to say, I'm trying to think, but I want to add to that. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in general, like, uh, what was it? You said like the, was it like seventh grade where you kind of had that change of spirit with, with Ryan, um, mm-hmm. praying for it. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, so since seventh grade, the Lord's I, been teaching you so much. Like this is every month if one thing I want to add. So when I graduated high school, I remember, um, so I would start work at 6am and I remember every day I got there at 535. It was like clockwork for me mm, every day. I got there at 535. And I would sit in my car and read my Bible. And I just did that every day. And I felt like I did did it at that time because I had to. I felt like, God, I so badly don't want to do this. Like, I so badly just dread my days. I Like, I need you to fill me is how I felt. And so that is why I, every morning, spent time with him. Because I I, I remember, like, on the days I didn't, I, like, hated my days so bad. And the work wasn't that bad. I just... Like, I don't know, like, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to do it. And so I feel like I needed something more than myself, like, with me to do it. And so, mm. um, spending time with God really helped me every morning prepare for the day. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of the working testimony. I did want to share kind of, so I talked about, like, a bit of, like, fear and a bit of, um, yeah. anxiety that I felt when I was younger and how it was kind of crept back in my life. And so I've, like, felt that in and out of my life since it came in in seventh grade or sixth grade. Um, but I think I felt it pretty intensely about six months ago and I mm. haven't shared this with like a lot of people. Um, it's kind of funny. I'm sharing it now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll share more in detail when we talk about what the book wild at heart, but yeah. basically, um, just this, str- I always hear people talk about anxiety and fear and all these things. I've kind of felt like you're dumb. That's not real. Like 
kind of get over yourself, right? Right. And, um, you know, reading Wild at Heart, there's a part he talks about people that, or men that are posers. And, like, that really mm. convicted me. And I was like, wow, like, I'm a freaking poser. <laughs> when I realized, I'm a poser, like, no. I realized that because I think naturally it's easy easy for me to be fearful mm. and anxious about the future and um, I, and anxious and fearful about things I can't control. Like, th- that, like, yeah. is hard for me. And, I, you know, I, I think in my heart I just want peace and I want to go through, you know, my life and my days with with peace. But um, I realized that things I can't control – um, give me uh, anxiety and fear. And so I've had to be really intentional the last six months. Um, I- I'm going through a lot of change at the moment. It's a lot of stuff in my life that's yes. like changing. Um, and so it's been easy for me to kind of step back into mm. like those feelings of being fearful. And so yeah. I've had to just decide that like, I'm not going to let that rule my life. And I've done a few things that, that have helped. I've um, met with the um, the counselor from our church a few times. I've gotten prayer multiple times with Michael some people, Cook. Michael Cook Dude, and Danny Esser. Um, They're both the best. Yeah, and it's it's been so it's been humbling, but super helpful. Um, huh. And I've like walked out of every session just like wow, like this is awesome, you know. Hmm. And so it was good for me to do that because I think it, it humbled me a lot and kind of said you know like anyone could do this. And it was kind of funny yeah. when I was like uh, meeting with Danny and Michael. I think I met with Danny four times. Um, and Michael joined us on the fourth time. So it was four like um, visits, whatever. And every time when I was walking in or out of his office, someone I knew was like coming out, which is kind of <laughs> funny. Like like pastors that I at our church were, were like walking out of his office, you know. So it's kind of oh, funny. Like oh, like I'm not the only like one that sucks. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, literally um, every single one of us. Yeah. So that was like encouraging. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's more I could say. I feel like I should let you talk because I could go on and on. But that's kind of the main like. Yeah things I want to share yeah. and I'm sure more will come up as we talk, but yeah, that's kind of me. Okay. So, uh, to start off my testimony, I was an accident. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to go ahead and say that because yes. I knew that you would say it anyways. So Corey was not planned. I was not planned. Um, in the, in the best way possible, uh, by his parents. Yes. By my parents. So my parents, uh, so, okay. So I'm, if we go all the way back, I am the youngest of four between both of my parents. My dad has two, my mom has one, and then they have one uh, with each other, which is me. Corey, and stop wasting time. How yes. old was your yes. brother when you were born? Um, my oldest brother. Wait. Uh, <laughs> this is so great. I think he was 23. Jeez. Yeah, he was 23 when I was born. So my dad, um, so when my parents got together and they met, um, they actually met because my sister from my dad's side was babysitting my brother from my mom's side because they lived in the same neighborhood. And then they introduced themselves, I think as a joke, actually. I don't think they would admit it, but it was probably as a joke of like, oh, let's see like what they do if they like talk to each other. And then they ended up like being interested in each other. And I think my dad asked my mom out and then they started dating and then they got married. And so when they had me, my dad was 53 and my mom was 42, which is not a normal age whatsoever and i i think i've i've realized this more and more as i've gotten older and you know we're still super young but like i feel like in the last two years i've just realized so many things that being one of those things where i'm like holy smokes my mom was 42 yeah. and my my dad was still shooting bullets at 53 <laughs> that is crazy yeah. so, okay so anyways so they were very old and um so all my siblings are way older than me so i essentially grew up as 
a single child. And even actually my cousins, Daniel and Michael, are more like my brothers because my mom would drop me off at their house, I don't know how often, it seemed like every day. And then she would go to work and then I would spend the whole day with them. We would play in the backyard all day and then I would go home. And um, and so anyway, so my brother's sister and my other, other brother, way older than me, grew up essentially as an only child. My siblings kind of all ended up living with us at some point, and I got a lot of interaction with my nieces and nephews, who are also essentially the same age group Corey as me. Corey was uh, born an, an uncle. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was literally born an uncle. My my nephew was. Uh, I think he's yeah he's three years older than me, um, and even my, so my niece Marissa. Shout out to Marissa. What's up, uh, yo, UC yo, Berkeley? Yo. Uh, shout out to UC Berkeley. She we were six weeks apart, so. When my dad, I think when, I think they were telling the story the other day, but when my dad told my brother that they were pregnant, he was like, no way. Like, we're pregnant. <laughs> They're like, what? He's like, but wait, what do you mean you're pregnant? And we're pregnant. What do you mean you're pregnant? Um, okay, so I was, uh, so I grew up with my cousins. We were all homeschooled. And so the reason I'm telling you this is because not to, to um, what do you call it? Not to put down homeschoolers or anything, but. I really didn't like homeschooling that much and I didn't admit it or show it that much. Although I'm sure I was a brat at some points. Um, but I didn't like homeschooling that much. It was hard being alone and my mom being my teacher and, you know, basically like the only other person I can socialize with because my dad was either working or he was doing something else. Um, and so it sort of instilled in me and I recognize this now, but I had no idea what was going on back then, but it sort of instilled in me like this, really kind of shallow shy like sort of just feeling like perpetually alone a little bit like I had no one to talk to or be around or I didn't have any friends until I think I was nine or eight I want to say my cousins were basically my only friends but you know we were related we're family we're cousins um but that sort of instilled this this like I don't know like like, uh you call it a lack of self-esteem a lack of like identity a lack of confidence whatever it is but it was sort of like this um, I think this stronghold that the devil started to work in me at a young age. Um, and then I made my first friend at eight or nine. I forget how old we were. Um, we were immediately best friends, hung out every single day. Uh, and then as we got older, um, he, so he didn't grow up as a Christian and love him, love his family, great people, but uh, he didn't have the best role models. And so he started kind of quote unquote going the way of the world and getting into, I remember we started getting into, I don't know, like the music we started listening to was like Green Day, and then it was like Guns N' Roses, and then it got even more edgier, and we started getting into like Slipknot, and then Corn, and then it was like all this really whack stuff, and then you know we started wearing the DC shoes and all black and the really high socks. I was a team Etnies. Oh, dude, I hate Etnies. Yeah. I Caleb like, Hoffman was DC, and I was like, dude, I feel like Etnies DC, are DC. Were, they were like bulky, and Etnies so were like sleek bulky. and clean, dude. That's true, but I feel like Etnies were like the poser kind of brand. Like I'm DC a poser. Like, we've identified that. That's true. So, yeah, that makes then sense. that validates yeah. my my hypothesis there. Cool. Okay. Um. So anyway, we started kind of going down this road, and uh, you know, we're young kids. Like I don't blame anything on him. We were both kids. We both had no idea what we were doing. But, um, you know, one thing that led to the next, we were cussing, we were talking about girls together, we were um, into really bad music, um, we were playing, you know, edgy video games, and not, not to sound hard or anything, but I'm just kind of painting a picture of, I was 
I was slowly and gradually falling away from the Lord at that point. And I didn't have like a strong community. So we, my parents are both Christians, really strong Christians. They were great parents, but I never got plugged into our church. Um, the, the church that we went to was at a fantastic church. It's amazing. Great pastor, great youth ministry, but, and maybe this has to do with maybe some of the stronghold that the devil had inside of me, but I never made any friends at all. So I never got plugged in, never had anyone to talk to, never, never had any, um, strong Christian friends that I could rely on, um, and sort of lean on for these, these struggles. So I remember, um, and I don't want to get into the theology of it. And again, I was a dumb kid. Like it doesn't really make sense, but I had this fear instilled in me and it sounds so silly now. It's like, I don't even know if I should talk about it, but I had this fear instilled in me, um, that God was going to come back in like 2012 or 2016. And I wouldn't like have been able to live my life. And I was really afraid that I wouldn't be able to like experience all the good stuff that the world had for me. And, I was just going to miss out and go to heaven and I don't know, live life in heaven, which apparently I didn't think it was very good. I think it's going to be fantastic now, but, um, but I wanted to experience the world. I wanted to, um, have a girlfriend. I wanted to have sex. I wanted to, you know, like make money. I wanted to, to live a full life. And so, um, with all this kind of combination of things together, I remember just kind of deciding one day, like, yeah, you know what, this whole God thing, like, I'm just going to put this on hold, like, just going to kind of put that back, press the pause button, and not going to do that right now, and, um, and then that's when I, uh, that's when I discovered pornography, and that's when I started, uh, getting addicted to pornography, and started kind of giving into lust, and, um, this is all, again, this is kind of like the perfect storm, like it is for a lot of boys and men, but, you know, I'm just hitting puberty, I'm growing a mustache, legs growing on my hair or, or hairs hair legs growing my legs are growing my Before hair had a beard in like eighth grade yeah pretty much i grew like eight inches in like a year or maybe it was like six i forget but um you know but i'm, I'm exploring i'm curious uh and so it was just kind of like this pit that i fell in where i was i remember feeling just like so lost like who am i anymore you know what i mean like i felt so uh so attached to pornography and like just the pull of it and just uh, the pull of lust and sexual desire. And I was depressed. I didn't feel close to my friend anymore. And I didn't have a church to go to. And I didn't like the school that I was going to. And like the friends that I had there were kind of wishy-washy and I didn't really feel very close to any of them. Um, and I just felt in this, like, like I was in a pit, like I was lost and I was hopeless. And, uh, so there was this, this random point um, kind of the first milestone in my, in my walk with God, this random point, I think it was like seventh grade and maybe like early eighth grade where I remember just laying in bed and I was just like, you know what? Like I want to be a Christian. And, and I asked the Lord to come to my heart and forgive me. And, um, and I felt like a lot of peace and I felt like the spirit kind of, uh, came inside of me and, and filled me. Um, but then I never did anything about it. I never got back to involved in church. I still had the same friends, still did the same things, still was struggling with the same things. So nothing changed at all. And then it wasn't until, and I think this is definitely absolutely 100% a God thing, but somehow my cousin invited me to the shadow day at Foothills. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know anyone at Foothills, never heard of it before. I had been homeschooled at that, at that time in middle school. I was going to a charter school. So I was only going to school like two days a week. But, um, I was like, yeah, well, I didn't really want to go there for high school. So I was like, why don't I try this whole shadow day thing? And I was like, you know, free pizza for lunch, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went there. 
I shadowed Garrett Campbell, which is super funny. Hmm. And, uh, and I think that was also a God thing because he was literally like a God there. He was the coolest yeah. guy ever. I mean, yeah. he was the star football player, star yeah. soccer player. Everyone was like, what's up Garrett? Like, Oh, what's up dude? Like <laughs> with everyone, you, like the yeah, with shyest. Me. Yeah. Quiet. So I get paired with him and I'm like, That's okay, funny. this guy is like the shiz. He is everything that everyone wants to be. And, um, and so that really encouraged me like this place is pretty cool and he seems really nice. And, and uh, I was like, this is like the high school experience that I really want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this is like, I want to go to school and I want to have fun. I want to have friends. And, um, so I decided to go to Foothills for all the wrong reasons. It had nothing to do. I don't even knew if I, I don't even, uh, think I knew that it was a Christian school to be honest. Wow. Um, in fact, I, I probably, I, I don't think I did until we went to chapel and then I was mm-hmm. like, oh, oh yeah, this is a Christian school. I forgot. Um, but anyway, I decided I wanted to go to Foothills. Um, I, I w- started going to Foothills and the only person I knew was my cousin who ended up going. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then I don't know if it was the first or second day, but I remember meeting you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in your uh, basketball shorts and your white vans walking up yes, sir. and came, came into sixth period hold, hold computer class and Corey was wearing hold on it was, what was i wearing you're probably wrong but so i was Corey's be- best man and for my speech i hit on this but you were wearing yes. like sketcher tennis shoes lame they uh, weren't sketchers i'm talking Corey. okay um, were tennis shoes. lame jim shorts and yep. his o'reilly t-shirt o'reilly. Just bland. oh and a buzz haircut yep completely buzz it was so like a one he was like really stylish I was the worst. Anyway, I, I had nothing going for me, basically. Yeah. I was just tall. That but was you it. were really nice. I remember like, oh, yeah. this, this kid looks yeah, goofy, yeah, yeah. goofy and nice. I'll talk to him. Yeah. And then I barged in all loud, I think. Yeah, so you literally barged into the class. <laughs> Probably late. <laughs> and yeah, I think a little bit late. And I, I think it might have been the first day because I think you were just excited mm-hmm. to be in high school. Yeah. And so the classroom's kind of shaped like a... Horseshoe. Like, like a Yeah, like a yeah. horseshoe, like a U. And so you came into one of the door and you just went all the way around the class. <laughs> So this like loud, short, obnoxious mm. redhead kid walks whoa, in, whoa. and um, it's, it's a dark brown dude, not red. Mm, questionable. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, tell us what you think. Email us. Uh, so you start going around, and I'm like sort of towards the middle of the U, and then you get to me, and I'm like, "Who in the world is this kid?" And you were like, "Oh, what's up? I'm Jeremy. Like, you're Corey, cool man." And uh, so and then I remember you like goofing off with Ryan and getting I, in trouble. Yeah, and, just yeah. getting in trouble. Mrs. Ballas hated us, dude. Yeah, she. We were the worst. Well, she, we were the worst. You were great, but yeah, I was okay. I was right. Um, and then, so that was a God thing, just because I we was, met. Oh, I was a God thing. Cool. Yeah. No, God was the God thing. <laughs> you were in the God thing. Uh, and then, I remember. So, like in the first month, they do like a retreat, uh, for the high school to, to get to everyone to to you know to know each other and stuff. And um, I remember thinking like, oh, like my cousin wasn't gonna go. So I was like, who am I going to sit with? You know what I mean? It's like that classic, like, I don't know anyone. Who am I going to sit with? I'm mm-hmm. going to look like a loser in the back alone. And um, and for some reason, I mustered up the courage to ask you to sit with me. Me? Yeah. And for some reason, you said yes. I don't know why. Yeah, why the heck did I say yes? Dude, I literally don't know why because you didn't know me. Huh. I was super stupid looking. <laughs> True. <laughs> no arguments. You had tons of friends already. And like you were the cool guy and all, all of our friends. And so, but for some reason, you said yes. And so we drove up on the bus to Pine Valley Christian mm. Camp. I and, don't um, remember that. By the really? Way. I do. I remember <clears> because I was sweating balls the whole time. <laughs> dude. I was like, oh, God, this is my one chance. Like, I have to make a friend. Please, God. <laughs> and we made small talk. Yeah. And I don't think you even. Oh, I think I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I don't know why. I remember like wanting you to be my friend, like thinking I want this kid to be like my friend. Yeah. I don't know why, but I felt that way. That's that's what I mean. I think it's a yeah, god I thing. Like, I want, yeah, one hundred percent it is because you know now we're good friends. And mm-hmm. anyways, uh, and then um, you know, so retreat was cool. Whatever, didn't you know? Made some friends. Whatever, started getting more plugged in. And then I remember after a retreat, you invited me to small group. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, small group, like, you know, this is a part of the church because Foothills was a school and a church. Mm-hmm. And I was introduced through the school. I didn't know about the church. And um, and so then I came and I'm kind of drying this out a little bit. But I remember the first night we were at Spencer's old house and Jeremy Joyner, who's now a good friend, pantsed me down to the skin 14 times that night. I remember what? counting. Yeah. I tell you this every and you you don't remember every time. Yeah, I have no idea. He pants me. 14 times That's down funny. to the bone and uh i don't know i was wearing like these like oh down now down to the skin uh basically everything was falling off which was super like that was my first night i didn't yeah. know anyone there yeah it was That's so scary yeah john was super mad at him but um but apparently i had a good attitude about it. i think i thought it was funny i remember i was just john, glad to be there I remember john being mad I yeah think. i was just really glad to be there and um and so then i started going to small group uh you invited me to camp, or to camp. I remember at um, this is at winter camp. So now this is like halfway through freshman year mm-hmm. of high school. Um, that's when I really had my first like real encounter with the Lord because we had gone the entire camp, um, and I like you know I understood the messages. I grew up a Christian. I knew all of the verses and like I was you know I'm a uh, generally smart person. So like I could remember all the verses, all the stories. Mm-hmm. I knew all the principles, all the lessons, um, but especially I remember worship. I just remember like that was also a new thing for me. My other church didn't like raise our hands. We didn't turn the lights down. We didn't like, you know, really like sing and shout and stuff and move around and pray for each other. And so that was kind of strange. I didn't like, I remember I just, I didn't get it at all. Mm-hmm. And the last night of camp, I fell asleep during the message completely. I was just like totally out. Didn't hear a single word. I think my, Mike Van Meter was, was speaking. Um, and, and then we started worship and I just remember being so desperate, like, God, I know that you're real and I know that we've had something in the past, but like, why in the world can I not, you know, feel your presence? Why in the world can I not like really know tangibly that you're real? And I just remember being like overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit and just like really worshiping and really like digging in. Like it was just like this eye opening experience where I was like, okay, this is something I really need to like explore and like God is trying to get a hold of me. He's, you know, metaphorically really like knocking on my heart, but like I can just feel like God wants something to, to do with me. I remember thinking if God is real, then he definitely loves me. He definitely wants something to do with me. I don't know what it is. Um, and then, so I spent the next semester of school reading. I remember I read, uh, the way of the master by, uh, Ray comfort. And I read a couple other books and I remember reading my Bible a lot and I would take notes every, I was like really like on fire for God before I like knew God. And then, uh, and this was like the pivotal moment where it was then future quest, which is a annual youth conference that Foothills holds with multiple churches. And Bill Wilson was one of the speakers. He's the, uh, pastor and founder of Metro ministries in New York. Right. Quick, Best impression go. Oh no, I'm so bad at impressions. I'm not going to try. <laughs> I'm not going to publicly embarrass myself like that. Um, oh, dude, who was it? It's uh, Who can do the best impression of him? Shane? Shane Thogmartin? Yeah, and Ryan's oh, pretty good, too. Ryan's I think good, Ryan yeah. does it, yeah. yeah. It's funny. Um, 
What what's the thing that he can say? I feel like I have an impression, but it's just I'm not gonna try. Okay, never mind. We're not gonna we're not gonna go there. Sorry, people. Uh, but I remember he was talking about being hot or cold. It was Revelation three sixteen or seventeen, whatever the verse is. But he says that's where God is speaking to the church, and he says, "Because you are lukewarm, you're neither hot or cold, and will spit you out of my mouth." And the whole message he was just talking about how uh, being lukewarm is the worst. Like God literally wants you to either be against him or to be for him, to be all in or to be all out. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am lukewarm. Like this is everything I'm experiencing right now. Like I'm really curious about God. I really want to be like, I really want to know God, but I haven't committed myself and I haven't really like led like a godly life. And uh, so I was like, this is me. I am it. And I was just remember thinking like the whole message, like, what am I going to do? 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 And then he did his classic altar call where, you know, he shouts. Yeah, one, two, three. Yeah. yeah. Three, two. And then uh, as soon as he said one, I ran up to the front. And of course, there's like a thousand kids mm-hmm. also running up. So I only made it like halfway down. Like the, uh, literally down. a thousand people. Yeah, literally a thousand people. So I only made it like halfway down the aisle in the sanctuary. And um, I just got on my knees and I just started bawling, crying. And um, and I just remember like, like bawling, crying, confessing. Uh, repenting, like just telling God that, uh, that I loved him and like, I understood his plans for my life and that I wanted to live for him completely. And, um, and then I remember Spencer George, uh, was behind me and I don't know if he was also up there for the altar call, but anyways, I turned around, I saw him and I just like grabbed him and hugged him. And Hmm. I think he was a little shocked by that. But, um, but after that, like I was just completely on fire for the Lord and I was just like super into it all in, um, it was, uh, and, and I think again, this is a God thing, but then after that sort of my entrance into ministry and furthering my relationship with the Lord was when we, uh, I think, so this is right when John Hoffman split off and he was going to plant the Grove church. Mm-hmm. And so Caleb was in our group and mm-hmm. he was leading worship. And then it was kind of this big thing, like Caleb's leaving the group, you know, he's going to the Grove mm-hmm. and he was our worship leader. Oh yeah, and so so we were needing a worship leader, and like it had never in a single ounce, ever, like, ever was even a thought like, oh, like I should lead worship, because I had barely started learning guitar. I I picked it up really quickly in eighth grade, mm-hmm. and I played it for fun, and I really loved it, and I was pretty good, but it never even occurred to me, and I had never sung before at all, because I I knew like, oh, I can't sing, um, and then uh, as soon as after Caleb left, then like coincidentally. I was super bored because we were getting our house remodeled and, um, and I just like tried singing and I was like, Oh, like it's not too bad. <laughs> and then coincidentally the next week, John came up to me at, at small group and he was like, Hey, would you ever consider leading worship? And I was like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, don't you play guitar? And I was like, it's like, yeah. He's like, well, you do you sing? And I was like, no. He's like, well, why don't you just give it a try? I was like, Oh, maybe I think about it. And, um, I think I maybe did it once. And then John asked me to lead worship for the small group leader retreat, which mm-hmm. was like for all the small group leaders who like were the student leaders in the small groups. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was like, and he was like, I really need someone. And he was just basically like begging me. And, um, and for some reason I would like wanted to do everything for John. Sorry, John. But, uh, <laughs> but for some reason I said yes. And then he was like, yeah, we just need like 10 or 12 songs. I was like 10 or I don't even know one song. <laughs> what are you talking about? 10 or 12 songs. So I led worship. Anyways, I can tell that the rest of that story later, but, but really that was the beginning of my journey with the Lord. 
of um, immediately like wasn't addicted to pornography anymore immediately um, you know my image of myself changed a lot immediately like I felt a lot of peace and relief like I remember like physically feeling like a weight lifted off of me from future quest um, and then after that it was a lot of you know the same sort of stuff like you said like I was playing basketball. I was much less talented than you were. Mm. Um, I was also blind, which I later found out. Still blind. Still blind. Uh, and now I wear contacts. But, uh, but you know, that sophomore year, after sophomore year, I decided to quit basketball. I wanted to become a small group leader and lead worship more, get more involved in ministry, started doing homeless ministry, um, started doing other things like, you know, Ecclesia and mm-hmm. Battle Cry and, like, just oh, kind of yeah, dove yeah. all in. Um, I remember all that. Yeah, and so that was you know, that was kind of all high school. I mean, for both of us, we kind of did a lot of things hand in hand, where we were mm-hmm. either leading worship together and join the worship band, or you know, we were doing some sort of ministry at school, or we were um, small group. Or at small group, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so the Lord, you know, just taught me a lot, and that's really when I grew a lot in the Lord. I was like way into the Bible, way into reading a lot of books, and um, and so I, I don't I don't know if there's anything more interesting after after high school. Um, like you said, a, a lot of college for me was just investing. You know, I went to Grossmont for two years, then I went to San Diego Christian College, um, and that was totally a God thing because I was planning on going to SDSU to go into accounting, mm-hmm. and then um, and then like somehow I just like reconsidered SDC, won this crazy scholarship to go there for free, mm-hmm. which is totally a God thing. Bless God for that, and uh, and um, and then. After I graduated college, it was really when a lot of that started to become, you know, real. It paid off. Yeah, a lot of it I paid off. I didn't talk about school for me. That's funny. Yeah, I know. I, I, oh, that's right, because you did school online yeah. online during working full-time. Yeah. And it it wasn't, like, an enjoyable thing for me. That's why I don't, yeah. I don't even think about it. I just yeah. did it, put my time in, got my degree, and now yeah, it's, yeah. like, done. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, well, we've been talking for a while. Why don't we talk a little bit about the future? I, I just have a question I wanted to yeah. ask. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Prompt in my mind. Yeah. Um, I want us both to answer, but what would you say is, um, like thinking of the life you've lived so far, no, for us it's both limited, but what would you say is like one like major theme or one major thing that Lord has taught you? Like just overall in yeah, the last, or, like, I have an answer. If you don't, you can think about it. But I've, I was thinking to myself, like, like an overarching yeah, theme. Like what is one thing the Lord's been like using, using your life to show you? And I asked that because, um, so as I shared, like, hmm. you know, working through some, you know, fear and anxiety, um, when I, when I got prayer at our church, um, a few months ago for that, um, one of the guys said to me, he was like, you know, he said, um, your whole life, the Lord, um, he, he has been, and he will continue using, um, circumstances in your life to basically train you and help you to learn to fully depend on him. Hmm. And he said, right now, and you know, up to this point in your life, the Lord has been using this fear thing. And he said, know he's using this to show you how to lean on him and he said but you know when you're 40 when you're 50 it might be the same thing or it could be something completely different Hmm. and um so i was thinking okay like god like what is one thing like in my life so far like you like you have showed me consistently and so for me my answer would be um i think i would say um simply following like the lord's direction and the lord's guidance and tug is is the way to go and it sounds super basic and like just you know, simply put, but I, I just think of my life, like really everything I'm doing right now in my life, like even to this day is like what I want to be doing. And I think the Lord has really guided me in where I'm at 
and like there is no other way to live like there is no other way that i would want to live my life simply doing things the way god wants me to do it and you know walking with him is like so fulfilling so that i feel like the lord has taught me that simply walk with him and and follow his guidance yeah i I do have an answer i'm really glad you asked that because um i feel like the theme for me is um if i can tie them together but uh one is sort of like i mean just walking in the way of the lord and like just kind of like doing it right quote unquote but i think the overarching theme is um having the favor of god like I said, like I, I feel so incredibly blessed that I am where I am today. Mm-hmm. I mean, very similarly, I'm like, I'm exactly where I want to be. And God has, uh, all the thing, all, all the desires of my heart that God has given me have like come true. So thus far, mm-hmm. I mean, one of the crazy things is, um, you know, uh, just with the favor of the Lord and, and just that his promises are true. I always wanted, for some reason, I always wanted to get married by the time I was 22. Mm-hmm. Actually, I wanted to get married when I was 22, specifically, because I figured out that that was the time that I'd be done with college, mm-hmm. and that I could, um, that was that was the time, perfect time to get married. I have a full-time job. Well, I did. There are a lot of other things like that, like, um, you know, I always wanted to graduate college debt-free. I always wanted to uh, start my business, which will become true in, you know, one day, and also... I, for some reason, I, always, I also have this arbitrary uh, goal to buy a house by the time I'm 25, which I'm so incredibly far away <laughs> from right now, but I'm believing God in it. Like, mm-hmm. And so I think, but anyways, the, the overarch- overarching theme for me is um, the word blessing, because I think that I, I got a new kind of definition, a new realiz- realization of what it means, and that a blessing is... Um, is God's favor in your life coming into fruition because of your relationship with him in some way. And just in all the things, like all the things that I trusted God with, all the things that I walked with God and obeyed him and and all the things that I didn't do Mm. in my life. And I just had such an insane amount of favor from God in my life that, you know, it's just incredible. So anyways, I think that's the overarching theme. Like, um, oh, and part of that too is like you were talking about with your fear and your anxiety, I think sort of that Achilles heel for me, the thing that I struggled with the most was, um, like identity or like, it's a kind of like self-esteem. Like I didn't really know who I was. I was always really shy kind of by default cause I was an introvert, mm-hmm. but now I'm, I'm a much different person. Like I love talking to people. I get exhausted talking to people after a certain point. But I'm, you know, I'm not scared. You can do it now. Yeah, I can do it. Like, I I enjoy it. I love Mm -hmm. it. It would always be scary or I always feel like I was less of a person. Well, actually, I should say I always wanted to be someone else when I was younger. And so I think the Lord was just showing me, like, no, look, this is how I've made you to be. And now because you fall my ways, I'm going to give you this favor in your life. And I'm going to make you into the person that I've created you to be. And now I feel like I'm I'm more closely aligned to who that person is, mm-hmm. and and living that person out. Yeah. You know, so cool. glad you asked. Yeah. Um. So I think our like last talking point would be um some vision casting, like thinking about yeah. so where we're at today and and who we want to be and kind of where we want to be and and what we want our lives to um to look like five you know ten years down the road. 
Um, Do you want me to go first? <laughs> yeah, I'm still thinking. <laughs> still thinking. No, I, I I can go. I mean, I'll start. Yeah, you go ahead. Um, so we're so we were kind of just talking before this, like, let's just talk about you know. So again, the idea of a testimony is that it's not just you know the story of you coming to the Lord, but it's also your entire life, really, and the things that God is going to do through you in your life. Um, and so for me, when I think about my life, I mean, I sort of think about it as like just getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the things, the things that, um, that the Lord has put on my heart to do and, and to achieve, I'll just, maybe I'll just kind of talk about that and like where I maybe see that fitting in my life. But I mean, some of the obvious sort of like table stakes things that, um, that I see myself accomplishing or doing in the next five or 10 years is, um, you know, buying a house, having kids, um, you know, Monique and I have talked about having kids in the next like year or two and we definitely want to have kids. Um, we want to have multiple kids, definitely more than, more than two, you know, like Mm -hmm. three or four or five possibly. Um, so starting to have kids, um, I think also by that time I would not be working a traditional job. I'd be either working my own business or doing freelance or some sort of combination of, of things and some sort of, you know, indie entrepreneurship, uh, you know, role. Um, and that's also, you know, one thing that the Lord, I think has put on my heart and, and this discovery of, uh, of not this discovery myself, but the discovery of who God has made me to be is like out of nowhere. It was just like this crazy hunger and desire to start a business and to be in entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and to, um, And, you know, not to like, I don't like the whole like be your own boss thing, but, Mm -hmm. uh, but to, to have your own business, you know, to, to be the man, to, to own it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so within five years, I see myself doing that, starting that, being successful in that. Um, and, uh, I mean, I mean, if we're talking about long-term stuff, some of the desires that I have is, uh, to not retire when I'm 65. I'd like Mm -hmm. to retire much earlier than that. And by retire, I don't mean get a huge lump sum of money and then sit on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, On a boat. I mean like, you know, working part time or working and then taking other roles like in advisory or mentorship Mm -hmm. or in freelance work. Um, but retiring so that I can do other things. I can do other hobbies and ministries. Mm -hmm. I can do other, you know, put my time in other places like youth venture or in even like leading worship. And, um, I've also had this weird desire always, uh, to have some sort of, um, some sort of role in pastoring or just in ministry in general, like, but as like a job. Hmm. So I don't know what that means, whether it's like church planning or in advising or in counseling. I don't, I have no idea. Uh, but that's sort of one of the desires the Lord's yeah, given me. Cool. Um, so yeah, be, it's, it's so hard. The thing for me is that it's so hard to think about like, here's where I want to be in five years. Yeah. Here's where I want to be in six years. Like it's almost impossible to do that. So I almost feel like it's pointless to, but I think I know, like, here are the big things that we want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- those are a few for me. Yeah, for me, it's it's hard to think, like, specifically what I want. I have, like, a general idea of what I what I picture my life to be like. Yeah. Um, but I kind of have, like, this weird confidence and, like, faith almost that it's it's simply going to happen. I mean, I feel like yeah, same. it's already happened to this yeah. point. I think that when it's I... the favor of God. Before I started high school, I envisioned what I wanted my life to be like. And like I shared, you know, that senior year, I had that moment of realizing my life is everything I, I, I thought it would be. Yeah. Like, hoped for, right? Yeah. And then kind of same thing, even like right now where I'm at, like post-college, like 
whatever. Like I'm doing the things that I want to do. I'm actually doing them sooner than I thought, which is weird. Yeah. Um, so like it's happened to this point, like why would it not happen in the future, you know? And so I kind of feel that way, which is like exciting. Yeah. But at the same time we have to be, you know, put in, you know, plans and have action. Um, so for me, I would say, you know, along the same lines as you for, for the most part, um, I'm getting married in like four months. And so, Ew. um, I'm getting married obviously. And, uh, you know, within, yeah, within, I would say three to, you know, three to four years, I'd like to own a home and, um, probably have kids in about four years or so, um, maybe a little sooner. Um, one thing I, I've, me and Connie both want, which is cool. We, um, I, I want to have a home that's open to people and that we, we take people in, you know, when I was, in, when I was growing up in high school, um, you know, we had a decent sized home and so we would always have, you know, um, friends over any time, but we often had a, throughout high school, I had, I think two friends, actually three friends that lived with us for first season. Mm. Um, I had one friend, you know, Jamal, he lived with us for about a year and a half and had his own room. And right. <laughs> if you've seen, if you've seen uh, the blind side, he, that's uh, literally he was guys. big Mike and I was yeah. SJ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> take it easy, Corey. Uh, I have a, I have a big heart, dude. Big that's heart. True. Big heart. Um, so I, I really want that. I want a home that I can open up to people and not like make money off, like having rent, just like to help people and to bless people. Yeah. So I really want that. Um, uh, and I really want to want to run a business. You know, we've talked about I, I just bought a business, and so I'm you know I'm doing that, and it's it's so fun. It's only been about a month, but like I'm yeah. I own it's and crazy. I run a small business. Like it's so fun, and so I I kind of envision myself like owning multiple companies like down the road. Like, Me that's, too. Kind of, that's kind of what I want to do. Like just yeah. own and run, and I don't I don't really envision myself selling them. Like maybe, but I I think I just want to like start and run like many companies is what I want to do. Yeah. And so I hope I have no idea what that's, how that's going to look like. I feel like me starting this now is kind of like a step of faith. Like I felt really compelled to do this. And um, so we'll see how this one goes. And I think that they're all going to hopefully going to work out. I'm sure it's going to be hard. I know, but yeah. I imagine that the Lord will have his way and they'll be blessed. And so, yeah, just business wise, that's what I want. I don't ever really envision myself retiring. Honestly, like I'll Not slow conventionally. down. Right. Yeah, but I um, I I think what I kind of you you sh- you share like you want to have the time to simply do the things you want to do. Yeah, like th- I envision that for myself like early on. Like that's what I like, you know, late twenties, yeah. early thirties. I want to be doing that, and then basically do that my whole life. Like right. still working, and I have companies that you know generate income, but I still but not be can, financially tied. Yeah, like, and not be tied. Should I have to do this? To yeah, pay exactly. The month? Right. Yeah, I want to position it in a way to where I can like live my life and not be tied to my time, you know? And, um, yeah. So that, and, um, I, I would like to live in, you know, different States for a little while. I've always had this like dream and vision, like not long, but I really want to go live in like Seattle for like three months. Right. Yeah. Or we live, struggled with that too. When you know, and I. Yeah. Live in the East coast for a couple of months, like just small, you know, small chunks of time, but I've always wanted a job that gives me that ability. And now I do. Mm. So, um, but that's one thing I want to do. And, you know, and, uh, one thing I also want to do is, I, I really want to be generous generous with my resources and my specifically like my money. Yeah. My money yeah, and yeah. my time. Like I want to help too. people and just like be generous and like um I don't know. I I've I've been realizing the older I get like how much people matter. And I think when I was younger I was thinking about like, you know, me, me, me and like my possessions and now it's like, well, that stuff is cool, but like what really matters, you know, people matter and who you know and how you treat them and how you love them like that matters. So yeah. I want to help people with my money, my time, my resources and whatever I can do, I, I want to help. And um, it's kind of funny, like actually 
starting this business, like I feel like the Lord's already testing me. Um, so <laughs> one thing me and Connie, my, my fiance, decided was, um, so we own the business we, that I own is an event rental company. So we rent out, you know, tables and chairs and other stuff. And so um, it's physical labor, right? We deliver and set yeah. up these, you know, these tables and whatnot. And so right now in the beginning, I'm I work. So I. I do pay people to do shifts, but I, I, I work almost every shift with the guys to be out there with them. And so, I mean, Connie talked about was, because uh, we often, we get tips. So we'll do a job and the, the uh, manager will come, like, give us a hundred bucks, whatever it is. And so it's decent money. And so we decided together that when we get tips, we're going to give it to the guys that are working with us. Hmm. That was kind wow, of like really our decision. Cool. Um, even if we're working all day, you know, in the hot sun, we're still going to give it to them because hmm. these, these guys obviously need the money more. And so... Yeah. Um, so like literally the the first day we talked about that right, um, it was a day where me and her Uh-oh. me and her did this setup shift for one of our jobs, and so for us like you set up early morning and you pick up that same day late at night, and so yeah, me and Connie set it up, and then we left, and then that night I went back with an, with another coworker. Connie didn't come, but I went with someone else, and sure enough, at the end of the job, the lady comes up and hands a hundred dollars to Dang. Um, his name it was Brian Blayfield. He was working mm. with me yeah. and gives it to Brian and Brian's like, Oh, like that's my boss. Like I'll give it to him. So Brian comes and gives it to me. And I just like felt like, gosh, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> nah, bro, like you keep it. And he was like shocked. And I was like, he's like, no, like I've only worked a couple hours, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, like I want, I want to help you. And so yeah, he was like, really so cool. like, you know, and it was a cool moment. Like it was hard. Like, cause I had yeah. done both shifts. He only worked a few hours, but I really felt like, this is the beginning of helping people and yeah. this is so small hundred bucks. Like that's really small right now. Right. Um, like I want it to be like thousands, you know, if not millions one day. Right. And so right. it's like, it was cool to like see that, but it had a huge impact on him. And I, anyway, that's my goal to help people. So yeah, it's kind of in a nutshell and, uh, and yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, I would just add one more thing. Um, you know, also, I mean with, with this podcast and with cultivate and keep in general with the website and with the community, um, all the other things we're going to produce like courses and guides and you know, whatever resources we do, whoever, whoever we partner with. But, um, I really want to, so, you know, for my job now, I write a lot. Mm -hmm. I write blogs and I work for a tech startup and basically I do all of our content that generates leads for us and whatever, all that boring stuff. So I I write a lot. I think this month I've written about 30,000 words already. Um, but even like just this year, I've been writing a lot. It's the 11th of September. Holy cow. Oh yeah. Well, I mean like, you know, rolling 30 days. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Not the last 11 days. That'd be like one week of work. (laughs) Um, but I really want to write books. Like I really, uh, really, really want to write like a couple books, like, you know, books about what it means to be a man, what books about Christianity, books about, um, business. Um, but I love the idea of like, you write a book and like, it's a book forever. You yeah, know what I mean? Like cool. it's out there forever, whether we're co-writing or whether I'm writing my own or whatever it is. It's a really cool idea. Um, I just love the idea of, you know, your dad wrote a book and, uh, and I've known other people have written books, but like, I feel like that's maybe like a, a newer desire that the Lord's put in my heart. Mm-hmm. and something that I want to do is write some books. That's cool. So, yeah. Be sweet. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's wrap this one up. Uh, we got more to record. So, um, Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear. Wait, Corey, I have one more thing. Oh, what? I had this idea today, and I was like, I'm not gonna do it. I think, oh, okay. but you know, I think All I'm right. gonna do it. Hit me. Will you be my best man, Corey, for my wedding? Oh, no! Got him. He's shocked. Are you serious? I wish I had a camera right now. <laughs> oh. Well, yes, of course. Yes. 
No way. Yeah, it's good, huh? Dude, okay, I have so much responsibility. Yeah, you do. This is like the weight of the world on me right now. Yeah. Corey Haynes, dude, my best man. Shake my hand yes, right dude. now. Uh, that was pretty killer, huh? Dude, that's pretty killer. That was cool. That was freaking cool. I had the idea, and I was like, Connie, should I ask him on the podcast? And she was like, <gasps> yeah, that's really cool. Dude. And then earlier we talked about it, I came up, and I was like, oh, I don't want to say it. I like, felt <laughs> nervous, and then you know, I was like, no, what? I need to do it. Dude, that's amazing. I am so honored. Cool. I promise that I will be the best man there has ever the been. Bestest minch. The the no. bestest minch. Which, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. bestest minch. Yes. Cool. Dude, I'm so honored. And it's recorded too. <sighs> On the air. Okay. Um He's speechless. I am speechless. I don't know. You close us out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um let us know how you, how you liked this episode. Feel oh. free to give us a <laughs> Uh, a rating um check us out on cultivateandkeep.com if you have any questions you can email us at cultivateandkeep.com hey. Corey corrected me like i do to you oh so just to make sure mm-hmm. it's us at symbol cultivateandkeep.com cultivate. yes yeah, so you can email us at cultivateandkeep.com all right checking out that's it all right deuces Bye.